Are you ready? It's time for the Hammered Sports Podcast. You heard it. It is time for the Hammered Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Gray, here with my co-host, Tom Abbey. Cheers, everyone. And uh, we are underway here, so it's time for uh, a little... We've got a pretty good slate tonight, right, Tom? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we're going to go over a top 10 list of coaches in the NFL. We're going to play, um, then we're going to talk about the PGA Tour this week in, at RBC Heritage. We're going to play Name This Player, and then we're going to talk a little bit about the UFC Fight Night this weekend. Absolutely. So, uh, first and foremost, though, we have to start with, uh, you all probably heard the new intro tonight. Uh, we want to thank our good buddy Dan Philly for putting that together for us. I think that thing really jams. So Yeah, absolutely. I, it rocks. I really enjoy it. So, um, thanks again to Dan for putting that together for us. Um, he took a lot of time, you know, coming up with something that, that we wanted. He asked for kind of a basic idea, and uh, we just let him run with it. He's the artist, man. So, yeah. Um, yeah, let's let's get started right away. Uh, we're going to talk about the top 10 NFL coaches as we see them. Yeah, and the interesting part is that was it. That was our, our our kind of instruction to each other. Like, hey, let's put together a list of the top 10 coaches in the NFL. And we were talking earlier, and we both had a little bit of a different spin on it. You know, I, I went through it thinking, you know, who's what have they accomplished? Um, you know, who what coaches have, have done the most, have put the most out there? Um, and then Kevin went a little differently. Um, your take, go ahead. Yeah, so – Initially, I had gone uh, completely with who would I hire if I had an expans- expansion franchise to, to start my organization? Who yeah. do I want to lead that organization? Not factoring in years, uh, you know, whether they're only going to last a year or two or not, but who's the guy that I'd want leading that organization right away? I'm going to I'm gonna kind of go along the same line as you did, Tom, though, with my list, and sure. then I'll throw in some, some thoughts about the coaches that I would want leading my franchise moving forward as we get down the list a little further. Yeah, so let's start with 10. Yeah, who'd you have, Tom? 10, I have Mike Zimmer, uh, current head coach of the Minnesota Vikings. All right. Tell me what you like about Mike Zimmer. Um, so one of the things I like about Zimmer on the field is he's very he just seems very steady. His teams are always prepared. They always play tough, hard, physical football, all those little you know, nice things to say in, in football about a coach. Yeah. Um, but you, you just know you kind of know what you're going to get out of him. Uh, you know, he won a Super Bowl as a defensive backs coach for the Cowboys. He's been around good teams, and you know, he just always seems to have that Minnesota team in the hunt, no matter what. I mean, they've gone through quarterback after quarterback, trying to piece that together, and he he's kind of been the steady part of that team, really. Yeah, I like Mike Zimmer as well. He is on my list, but at number ten, I have Sean Payton, uh, head coach of the New Orleans Saints. Sean Payton, he has a career NFL record of 131 and 77, so he's got a 630 winning percentage, and he's 8 and 7 in the playoffs. The reason Sean Payton's not a little higher is he's got the one Super Bowl win, but he's always been flush with talent on his rosters, if he, it seems like. So, not that that should uh, really downgrade a quarter or a coach, but in this scenario, I feel like he could have accomplished more with the talent that he's had. All right, who do you got at nine? Nine, I have Mike Zimmer at nine. Nice. Uh, Mike Zimmer has two division titles in six seasons. He's got three playoff appearances, um, fifty-seven and thirty-eight record overall, and he's two and three in the playoffs. Uh, again, he's a he's a really good leader for that organization. I feel like he's got the right mentality as a head coach, and he seems to have the have garnered the respect of his players. So, I really like Mike Zimmer. Yeah, 
Um, nine, I have Doug Peterson. Uh, not a not a lot of games yet as a coach. He's still obviously young as career, thirty eight and twenty six, uh, but he does have the Super Bowl win. Um, he's four and two in the playoffs, and I really love the coaching he does. Honestly, I think he puts out there a a different product than a lot of teams and does things a little differently, and I think it works well for him and his attitude and the way he goes after things. Um, so I have him at nine. Yeah, and you know as we're talking about this, I. I had the thought of you know everybody talks about riverboat ron mm-hmm. and uh he's a name that i omitted from my list yeah me too um, and, and he maybe belongs on the list now that i'm i'm thinking back i on got it. a i got like three player guys i want to name afterwards that were my other considerations <laughs> yeah so um yeah go ahead uh eight. Tom, with your eight so eight i picked um and this is the one i was telling you before i had a lot of a real hard time deciding whether or not this person should be on there and if so where but i picked um john gruden I think uh, you know his his regular season record is not that great, 106 and 102. Um, but he's five and four in the postseason. He does have a Super Bowl victory. Uh, he's been in the conference championship a couple times. Um, so I have him at eight. Yeah, eight for me is uh, Mike Tomlin. Uh, Mike Tomlin has a career record of 133 and 73. That's a 645 winning percentage. Eight and seven in the playoffs. They do have a Super Bowl victory under Tomlin's guidance. I think that he's a good, solid coach, but he makes a lot of uh, game management errors. That's been kind of a criticism of his for years. So that's kind of what held him down the list a little further because when you look at it just as overall record, he certainly deserves to be in the top ten. Yeah. And at seven for me is Doug Peterson. All the same things that you talked about. Super Bowl champion. He's won two division titles in four years, made the playoffs three times, and gone on to win a Super Bowl. His style is different than everyone else in that he's not afraid to take chances. He's not afraid to go for it on fourth and six at his own 48. Yeah. You know, that's – Yeah, he's fun. It just it, – it differentiates him from the rest of the coaching crew. So I really enjoy that he's got the guts to make those kind of calls. I mean, Philly special. Yeah. Um, at seven for me, I have Bruce Arians. Uh, Bruce Arians is 65-41-1. Um, he only is one and two in the postseason, and I think that's – you know, one of the things that's going to hold him back on this list from moving up, but he is a two-time coach of the year. Um, he did win uh, a super, two Super Bowls, one as a wide receivers coach and one as a offensive coordinator at Pitt, for Pittsburgh. Um, but I have him at seven. Also, f- super fun coach to watch, and we'll we'll see what he can do this year in Tampa Bay because they had a lot yeah. of promise going yeah. on. So <laughs> maybe climbing this list real fast and. So it's me on six now, right? Yeah. Um, so I this is where I have Mike Tomlin. Um, you know, you you gave his record for uh, regular season. It's actually the second highest of active um, coaches right now behind Bill Belichick. Um, eight and seven in the in the postseason. He's got the one Super Bowl win. He's the youngest head coach to ever win a Super Bowl, and he did win a, a Super Bowl as well as the defensive backs coach for John Gruden in Tampa Bay. Um, all around solid again his teams are, are going to be competitive every season pretty much even last year with duck hodges at quarterback they right were in it <laughs> uh so six for me is another guy who doesn't have a ton of experience but he's 33 and 15 sean mcveigh um, he has a 688 win percentage uh, which is the highest active winning percentage in the nfl um just better than than bill belichick mm-hmm. uh, but only a three season sample size they're two and two in the postseason 
um, but he has zero losing seasons in three years, despite maybe one of the worst offensive lines in the league last season, um, and maybe a uh, running back that they counted on before kind of falling yeah. off the map. There's a lot of questions about whether or not the league had caught up to McVay and his style of offense. I don't think that was the case. I think there were some issues there with the offensive line that were a nightmare, and their running game just couldn't really get on track. Um, I, I didn't think that maybe there was a slight regression from Jared Goff, but you know, Jared Goff was a guy that people did not think was going to make it in the league after his first season. And then McVay comes in and really kind of turns him into a top 10 caliber quarterback for a couple of seasons. So I really like Sean McVay there at six. At five for me is where Bruce Arians falls. I'm a big fan of Bruce Arians and, and his coaching ability. Uh, 65-41, like you mentioned, a 6-12 win percentage. Uh, he has won coach of the year twice in the NFL, according to the Associated Press. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think Arians has finally maybe the most talented team he's ever had. I don't know if you can really question that. Yeah. Uh, this is a really talented group that he's got there. Let's see what he can do at this point. And, again, you mentioned his – they say that he's just a fun guy, loves to have drinks and enjoy himself and – uh, he does things a little differently than other coaches. Another guy who's kind of out there from the head coaching world. His nose isn't to the grindstone 20 hours a day like other guys. Um, I have, at five, I have John Harbaugh. Um, I think when you kind of when you start thinking about the best head coaches in football, I think there's a name that gets forgotten. Um, but he's really good. His numbers back that up. Uh, 118 and 74, 10 and 7 in the postseason. The one Super Bowl win, coach of the year last year. And I think just the uh, – to me, what was impressive about them last season was the willingness to just go the complete opposite direction on offense that everybody else in the league has been doing. Everyone else is throwing the ball around, spread offenses, doing all this crazy stuff. And he said, you know what, with this these guys that I have, I'm going to do something different and play to their strengths. And I think that really is good coaching. Um, so I have him at five. Absolutely. And then at four, I have Pete Carroll. Uh, Pete Carroll, um, a solid NFL coaching record of 133-90-1. He does have the one Super Bowl win, uh, another loss in the Super Bowl, which give the ball to Marshawn. We're talking about two Super Bowl wins. Um, But also, you know, a a two-time national champion in in the collegiate ranks. So, you know, definitely has lots of accolades for being uh, a very good football coach. Yeah, so I'm going to say the same two names as you now at four and three. I have (laughs) Pete Carroll at four um, for all the reasons you mentioned and John Harbaugh at three. And, again, uh, what you touched on there is exactly where I was going with it, his willingness to completely change the style of offense that they run. He's no longer uh, got a big-armed quarterback that just drops back and stands stoically in the pocket and lets it rip. He's gone to a guy who's just flying all over the field, running read option and – um, he's gone to a ground and pound game, and then periodically he'll look to get the ball down the field. So yeah, all those passes to those tight ends is crazy. Absolutely. So I really enjoy the way that John Harbaugh is able to be versatile as a coach, and I think that matters a lot. Yeah. Who do you got next for me, Tom? Um, at three, this is where I have Sean Payton. I think uh, again, six thirty win percentage, um, one Super Bowl win, one Coach of the Year, and I think you know when you're talking about people who are willing to take chances, I mean, is there a bigger chance than? an onside kick to start the second half of the Super Bowl, which really turned that game around. Um, you know, there's tons of documentaries about it. So, yeah. um, you know, I really think that, uh, you know, he, he brings out the best in that team. He w- was one of the innovators of this. Spread it out, let's throw it all over the place um, that everyone's kind of copied. Um, so I have him at three. And then at two, I have Andy Reid. I think Andy Reid is, I mean, he's just been so good for so long. 207 and 128 and one. 
Um, 15 and 14 in the postseason. He's got the one Super Bowl win. He went to another one with Philadelphia. Multiple NFC Championship games in Philadelphia. AP Coach of the Year. Uh, was a Super Bowl champion as an O-line coach for the Packers. Um, just does the right thing, says the right thing. Everything you, you'd want from a football coach. Good example. Just everything you'd want. Number two for me is also Andy Reid. And the one thing that really popped to me when I was going through his numbers is the fact that in 21 seasons as a head coach, he has three losing seasons. Yeah. That is, unless you're an elite-level coach, you you have complete roster turnover, you're changing quarterbacks, you you have bad things happen, and to only have a losing season three times to in me that many, yeah. in, in 21 seasons is uh, super impressive. And if I were to... You know, this is the guy that if I were starting a team today that I would want to lead my group. I think that he's beloved by his players. I think that he is uh, innovative with the offense, and he does some creative things that, that other guys don't. And he has a bit of a coaching tree now. You know, Doug Peterson comes from Andy Reid. Yeah. Um, so there's Sean McDermott. Success. Sean McDermott, yeah. These are guys that have learned under Andy Reid, and they're having a lot of success early on in their careers. So. And at number one, um, obviously, if we're going by the top NFL coaches, Bill Belichick's record is um, really untouchable. Two seven, two seventy three and one twenty six. That's crazy. Six eighty four winning percentage, thirty one and twelve in the record in the playoffs. Uh, Which un- is unreal. Nuts. <laughs> unreal. Yeah. Six time Super Bowl champion as a head coach, three time coach of the year, two time Super Bowl champion as a defensive coordinator. Uh, this is a guy that he's done everything you could ever imagine, and he's going to go down as the greatest head coach of all time. Yeah, without a doubt. Um, you know, and in a lot of ways, he has a very big opportunity to even separate himself further from everybody this year. You know, um, last season they were able to get it done with defense and a little bit of offense, and you know, it looks like that's the recipe they're going to go with again this year. But I mean, people forget the first couple Super Bowls they won. That's how they won Super Bowls. Yeah, you know, that first year. Tom Brady wasn't Tom Brady as we see him now. He was a game manager, picking passes when it, you know when he needed to, not turning the ball over, and just letting that defense do its thing. Um, so he knows this course, and yeah, you know, uh, as a Bills fan, a lot of people are like, "Oh, this is our year." Yeah, I, I hope it is, but <laughs> until you beat the Patriots, it's really nothing. It's really hard to to count out Bill Belichick, no matter no matter what he's got for a roster out there. I want to talk a little bit about some of the guys that missed our list. Sure. Um, um, Ron Rivera is one of them. Yep. Um, he's had a really nice career. He, he's done some great things. He took a team to the to the Super Bowl and lost. Uh, but he's had a ton of success in Carolina and not always the most talented team out there. You know, yep. he's always done a great job defensively. He's much more conservative than the riverboat Ron mentality. I know. That they I created. It's, <laughs> it's a weird thing. Um, if you look at the coaches and historically who have gone for it the most on, the four, on fourth down, uh, he's not even near the top five or six it's no. like belichick parcells like that that group yeah. um he's not there so but uh, it's fun anybody you want to talk about the mystery list um so kyle shanahan was one we had talked about this is kind of kyle shanahan is kind of the reason we got on this topic to begin with he got a big contract extension six years um it's a pretty big yeah. length of time for a head coach in the nfl and it, it seems kind of odd that he'd get it he doesn't have a winning record as a head coach um, obviously, last year was great. They looked good. Um, it, it should be interesting to see what they rebound. No, they're not going to catch anyone sleeping at the beginning of the year this year. People are going to have a full season to kind of look at that running game and, and figure out what to do against it. So 
Um, plus, you're going to be playing much tougher competition now that you're in that first place schedule. So I think he has a lot to prove this year and could, you know, easily find himself making the bottom of this list if he can put another season like last year. And then Frank Reich, I think his uh, last year he did a really, really good job coaching yeah. with all that had happened. Andrew Luck retiring right before training camp starts. Uh, they went with Jacoby Brissett and put together a solid season. Um, now this year with Philip Rivers, I think he's another one that could maybe sneak into the bottom of this in the next year or two, depending on what he can do. Yeah, uh, I like Mike Vrabel. Uh, he's done a nice job in his two seasons leading Tennessee. Uh, this is a guy that only had three seasons as an assistant coach at the NFL level prior yeah. to taking over as a head coach. Uh, but he really seemed to uh, push all the right buttons down the stretch with that Tennessee team last year, including you know some big playoff, big time playoff wins. I think the, it was just one button. It was hand off to Henry, hand off to Henry, <laughs> hand off to Henry. Yeah, well, <laughs> it worked. So yeah, he, he and, gets and, credit and the creativity on defense. I, I think yeah. they talked a lot about the way that team uh, tried to keep things under control. You know, they were willing to bend but not break. So I don't think it's strange that he was on those teams that we we're talking about. We were winning. Super Bowls for the Patriots defense first. Right. I, I think he learned a little something up there in New England. Yeah. And, you know, a couple of other guys who are young and up and coming when you're talking about if you're going to build out a roster now, uh, you want somebody to take over your franchise and rebuild from scratch. Um, Sean McDermott has done a great job in Buffalo. He's, he's a guy that, you know, I think is going to have a long and successful career as a head coach. Um, I'm obviously biased to Brian Flores and what he did in one season, taking a team that started 0-8 and uh, going down the stretch winning four out of their last five games. And, you know, it's a team that you, you had everything written on it said, you know, 1-15, 0-16. Yeah. And he seems to have changed the culture there. He needs, obviously, a lot more under his belt before he could make a list sure. like this. And I think um, that's that's the same with, uh, you know, some of these guys. Um, Shanahan, I think he's he's – Give him another season. McVeigh, I think that's why I left McVeigh off. I felt like he's he's done okay. His you know obviously every year he's been a winning, but they're nine and seven. A couple of them, and you know you really got to see to make the top ten list. I mean these guys have on this list of won Super Bowls and Coach of the Year, and you know to to break that top ten, it, it's not easy. So yeah, there are guys that are going to be stalwarts and you know for a number of years as as coaches that weren't able to crack this list yet yep you know it just it just wasn't going to happen one last guy that you know is, is probably worthy of, of mentioning at least because he's the worst gm in the league but not a bad head coach yes. and that's bill o'brien um he seems to do all right on game day uh 52 and 44 um he's made the postseason a bunch of times so um yeah. it's, it's a guy who's who's had some success there and it, you know he had a lot of success in college as well so you know couldn't put him on the list I just couldn't get my mind over the things that he does as a GM yeah we that's we were talking about that before like you know 54 and 48 like you said not not terrible but it's so hard to separate Bill O'Brien the GM who trades DeAndre Hopkins um versus Bill O'Brien the coach on Sunday so uh you know that's his own doing as well yeah absolutely so uh Tom what do we got next next we're going to talk a little bit about the RBC heritage um Golf last weekend was great. Um, going down to playoffs, so much fun. Uh, it was great just to have it on, to be honest with you. It was um, a lot of fun to watch, and this week should be no different. The Heritage is always a great tournament. Um, so who do you uh, who do you like in this, Kev? Yeah, the, the Heritage is a, is a tournament that ha it really relies on accuracy and yes. not getting yourself in trouble. Um, so 
you know, this is the type of event that you can see somebody who hits it straight. Ricky Fowler hits it straight. Um, doesn't get himself in a lot of trouble. Um, you know, the, the Justin Rose had, had a really nice bounce back. Um, he's on the list this week that's playing. And then there are some guys that are probably off the, the radar a little bit that uh, that do a good job of knocking it in the fairway and, and not getting themselves in trouble. So I'm not sure yeah. that this is a bomber's paradise. Maybe a guy like Brant Snedeker is somebody who could be very competitive here in this event. Yeah, one of my favorite things to do, um, I think I said this last week, is just look at the, like the last five years who was yeah. the winner runner-up. Um, shout out to Luke Donald, by the way. Five-time runner-up in this tournament. Yeah. That's insane. He's never won it, but five-time runner-up. Uh, Matt Kuchers won it once, been a runner-up once. Um, Kevin Kisner is a couple times uh, runner-up once and uh, been close a couple other times. Jim Furyk's won it twice. So you could definitely see these guys are not the guys leading the PGA in driving distance. They're yeah. going to be greens in regulation, shorter putts. Um, that's what you're going to be looking for. I think somebody like, you know, Kuchar's still out there playing great. Justin Thomas, I think, has a really good shot. Um, Webb Simpson. Web Simpson. Yeah. Um, and Hideki Matsuyama, I think the big thing for me with him is he didn't play last week, so I don't really know where his game's at. But I think this suits him. Yeah. Um, did we talk about Cooch? Did you mention Cooch? Yeah. No? yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Cooch. Yeah, C.T. Pan's the defending champion here. Yes. Uh, young guy from Taiwan that has a lot of talent. So that's somebody you may want to look at. I mean, Luke Donald would be a way off the board pick for uh, DraftKings, you would think. Yes, you know, yeah, I would think so. And But with five second-place finish, that's yeah. crazy. It's crazy. A guy who was, you know, the number one player in the world, he just really fell off and – um, it was weird to see, expected to see him have a really good long yeah. career back in the, you know, 2010 era, maybe somewhere yeah. in there, 2011. And it's not like it's a long really time good. ago, 2016 and 2017, he was the runner up. So, I mean, the, these were recent finishes. He's still doing well there. Yeah. So, I mean, Cooch has a win and a runner up there yeah. uh, in the last five seasons, six seasons. So yep. um, these are guys that you're going to want to keep your eye on. Again, you don't see the Bombers names on here. None of them none of them this is not an event that they seem to to thrive in so it might be a good week to uh sneak some of those lower end uh values on DraftKings yeah. into your top 10 you so. definitely want to stay away some of the guys who do drive it far but are often in the in the weeds because that, that's not forgiving here yeah no doubt about it Stuart Sink has two wins here Boo <laughs> Weekly has two <laughs> wins here these are guys that don't hit it anywhere no. but they just stay out of trouble so yep. Um, yeah, it's kind of a it's it's one of the few events out there that are really like this nowadays. So, yes. um, give me give me one pick, Tom. Give me one. Yeah, so I really love like. Webb Simpson this week, and see, I'm torn because I think I picked Justin Thomas to win, but I just love Webb Simpson for the value you're going to get with him. Yeah. So I, I would say Webb Simpson. Just I think the value you're going to get out of him is going to be way better. Yeah, I think that Webb Simpson's a great value. Um, you know, and I think Brant Snedeker is also a great value, but my pick is going to be Kevin Kisner. He had a top 30 last week uh, in the first week back, so he's obviously not, not playing terrible. Um, and he's a guy who keeps it in the fairway, keeps himself under control. Um, 36 years old, he's, he's had some success here in this event in the past. So uh, I'm going to take Kevin Kisner uh, to win this event this week. All right. So now we're going to play Name This Player. Um, so Name This Player this week. I'm giving the clues to poor Kevin. Yeah, here we go. He's got to be on the hot seat. Um, so we are going to do John Mackey Award winners. So oh, some tight ends, college, huh? Yeah, the award for best college tight end. Um, so, yeah, let's get it started. All right. Uh, this award only started in year 2000, so 
Can't Perfect. Go, can't go further back than that. Right. All right. So this person is a first team All American, John Mackey Award winner, one time Pro Bowler. In the NFL, they have 185 career receptions, 2,152 yards receiving, and 24 receiving touchdowns. Well, that's a lot of touchdowns. It just took some names off my list <laughs> that I had already put in there. I shouldn't have. I shouldn't have just put one name in my head like that. <laughs> it gets tough when you get a name on your head too. Yeah. Um, my initial thought was O.J. Howard, but I don't think he's caught that many touchdowns in the NFL. Yeah, I don't think so either. Um, is this an SEC player? No. Yeah, so maybe one of the Big Ten guys, Big Ten school. Is that a question? Yes. No. Oh, boy. All right. 24 touchdowns. You said 185 receptions? Yeah. A couple thousand yards, is that all? Yep. 2,152 yards. Yeah, definitely not a mind-blowing number of amount of yardage. Um, let's see. a great red zone target but not stretch the field target is it a pack 12 player no oh my god i'm in big trouble here now i've <laughs> used i had three questions on conferences and not gotten it so. yeah uh, you're in the weeds yeah well, i'm gonna i'm gonna go big 12 now you're asking yeah puts me in a quandary i asked um sec big 10 pac 12 and big 12 so that will leave the acc is is where it's gonna put my brain here and the acc schools that have produced good tight ends in the last 20 years I will give you they were a first-round pick. First-round pick, too. Okay. So, first-round pick. And you do have one more question left. Yeah. Was it, in fact, an ACC player? No. That is real problematic. At least it eliminates that from my brain. But it also makes it even harder to think <laughs> of this being a group of five player that's had a good that was drafted in the first round yep that should be a, a big time giveaway group of five player drafted in the first round Wait a minute. I get the idea that maybe this is a Notre Dame tight end. You don't have any questions left. I don't have any questions left. <laughs> so it's it's going to be one of the Notre Dame tight ends. Is it... I'm drawing a monster blank right now <laughs> on the Notre Dame tight end. I know that they're constantly producing them, and I'm having a terrible time. I'm a little pulling, disappointed. P 
pulling one into my brain right now. I'm going to be so mad when I don't get this right. Who is it? Tyler Eifert. Tyler Eifert. Yes. That's a, I had it, you know, not a stretch the field guy. Yeah. Good red zone target. <laughs> Played at Notre Dame. You were describing him. And I couldn't him. spit his name yeah. out. <laughs> it all, all of him except for the name. Yeah. Depressing. Man, I thought that was going to be the, the one you'd get easier, I, so now I'm a little worried. Yeah. We'll see. <laughs> all right. Let me bring up the next one here. It, it's so much harder in the hot seat than people understand, you know? I know. You got to tell me. <laughs> I know. All right. Their credentials. Player number two. Consensus All-American. Three-time All-Conference. I'll say that without saying the conference. Mm-hmm. Um, John Mackey Award. Freshman All-American. US to, USA Today All-American. Their NFL stats consist of 136 receptions, 1,709 yards, and 17 touchdowns. Is this player active? Yes. 17 touchdowns, 1,000-something yards? 1,709. 1,700 yards. How many receptions? 136. 136. This could be a guy who... Has like three years under his belt, maybe. And has been very good. Seventeen touchdowns, huh? Another of these red zone target types. I mean any good tight end should be. Yeah. Um did he play in the ACC? No. The Big 12? No. Mother of Pearl, the SEC? Yes. All right. <laughs> We've got an SEC tight end. Those are three questions gone. Three-time All-SEC player. Three-time All-SEC. Evan Engram? No. Oh. He's probably got more yards than that in his career already. Yeah. I, w- I would think so. He went to Ole Miss. That's, he, he, he was great there. Yeah. Um, three-time All-SEC. Is this O.J. Howard? No. Good Lord. You got two more questions, so. Yeah. They were they were drafted in the second round. Okay. Did they win a national championship? No. Did they win an SEC title? Ooh. I'm gonna guess probably not, but let me double check. No. No SEC title. down a list in my head right now really quick 
Nope. I used all my questions, didn't I? I think you have one more. Nope. You didn't say Pro Bowls, right? No Pro Bowls, no. Aaron Hernandez. No. Oh. Wait, he won Mac- a national title anyway. What am I thinking? He's a Mackey Award winner, though. Yeah. I just thought it would be poor taste to use him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let me take one more stab at this. Yeah. I knew the tight ends would be hard. Yeah, I don't have it. I don't have it. Hunter Henry. Hunter Henry. Yeah, Arkansas. Yeah, want to hear something gross? Yeah. He was born in 1994. Wow, yeah. That's gross. Yeah. Well, I'm real worried because this last one was the hardest of the three. Uh, if, if I take a donut, I take a donut. What are you going to do? Yeah. But, all right. Ready? Yes. All right. First team All American, two two time first team All Conference, won the Ozzie Newsom Award, the John Mackey Award, and twice won the Qualic Clark Tight End of the Year Award. NFL career statistics: eight catches for eighty five yards. Well, guy who really flamed out, no longer active. No, they're still active. Still active in the NFL. Yep. They were a fifth round pick. Fifth round pick. Eight NFL catches for yeah. 85 yards. Wow. Two-time all-conference, huh? Yes. All right. Did they play in the Big 12? No. The Big 10? Yes. All right. play for Iowa no it's not the Hawk (laughs) see played in the Big Ten eight career catches but an all-conference tight end in the Big Ten won a lot of tight end awards in college yeah still active still with the team that drafted him in the fifth round. Okay. Won a lot of tight end awards in college. So somebody was a really darn good tight end at the college level in the Big Ten. 
Play for Wisconsin? No. All right, I get like one more question. Yeah. Did his team make the playoffs this year in the NFL? No. That eliminates 12 teams. <laughs> Not that he's probably a very big part of the offense anymore. What do you mean ever anymore? He only had eight catches his whole career. Yeah. Boy, I'm really trying to think back on somebody who's had a great college career. All right, this one's real hard. I'll give you the year he was drafted. He was drafted in 2017. 17, so it wasn't that long ago. No. He's still sticking on a roster somehow, though. He must be a good blocker. <laughs> or he suffered injuries, one or the other. I got to give up. Let's do one more. I'll give you his college stats because they're actually listed on this one. Uh, 1,646 yards receiving 11 touchdowns in college. Good amount of receiving yards. Yeah, eleven point nine average career in college. Hmm. Just got him right back into it, guys. Think of Mays. Corn Huskers. <laughs> <laughs> Think of Mays. Uh, Mays in blue. Yeah, I know, and I was trying to think of who the hell has played tight end there that's been really good over the last few years. I, I, I can't come up with a Jake Butt. Jake Butt, yeah. Listen to this poor kid's career he was That's gonna right. be he was so he was so outstanding in college yeah. he was gonna be a second round pick when uh going into the draft but he tore his acl in the orange bowl in his last game of his career fell to the fifth round um had to sit out the whole pretty much the whole season um he came to back to training camp in 2018 and then on september 27th 2018 sustained another torn acl in a non-contact drill during practice. Oh, yeah. And then in 2019, couldn't get on the field due to complications from the ACL injury from the year before. Wow. Who, who drafted him? The Broncos. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Man, these, some of these other Mackey Award winners, we'll go over some of them too. Um, Dallas Clark, Kellen Winslow were some of the older ones. Matt Spath, Mercedes Lewis, Chase Kaufman. I don't even know who that mm -hmm. is. Aaron Hernandez, DJ Williams, another Arkansas one, um, Dwayne Allen, Eifert, um, Safarin Jenkins, Nick O'Leary, uh, Henry, Jake Butt, Mark Andrews, TJ Hawkinson, and then Harrison Bryant most recently. Yeah. It's a it's tough, a tough list. category, yeah. yeah. That one got tough. No doubt. Um, <laughs> well, 
There's always next time. Yeah. I'll, I'll rebound. We're going to have to get more creative with some of these, too, because we're running out of college award winners. Yeah. So I um, told Kevin, you better not give me the Ray Guy award winners next week. Right. Yeah. Tom doesn't doesn't care what punters do. <laughs> so uh, Tom and I are going to take a quick break. Uh, what do we got coming up after the break, Tom? UFC preview. Yeah. So we got a UFC preview coming up. We'll be back shortly. We are back. And it's time to talk a little UFC action, Tom. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, so we got a fight night this weekend and it's going to be headlined by a couple of heavyweights, uh, clay or not clay Guida, uh, Curtis blades. Uh, one of our favorites is going to be going up against, um, Alexander Volkov. Uh, so it should be very fun. Heavyweights are always a blast to watch. Um, I would bet the under in the round total in this fight. Uh, we'll, we'll see what that ends up. Do you, do you have that? Uh, let's see. You can see it there. Um, I actually don't have one on on BetUS right now. Yeah, under two and a half is minus one forty three. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. Uh, what jumps out at you about this card, Kev? Yeah, I think there are some good fights here that are kind of like under the kind of like under the radar type fights mm-hmm. that that'll be really interesting. Uh, I think Shane Burgos and Josh Emmett is. You know, it, I don't know if they build it as a co-main or if it's just. Yeah. The, but yeah, I think that's going to be a really good fight. I think that when you take a look at like the Jim Miller against Roosevelt Roberts, it's that same classic story we've talked about. A, yep. guy, a, a grizzled veteran against a guy who's young and up and coming and um, expected to be a young superstar. And then there's a couple of guys, Lyman Good against Bilal Muhammad. Yes. That's going to be a really good fight. Um, you know, Bilal Muhammad wins decisions, and yes. uh, Lyman Good has the the chops to put people away yeah, if he, he wants to. Um, so. He Knocked out Ben Saunders, and I remember that yeah. one very vividly. It was brutal. Yeah. Yeah, so there's, um, I think, some really fun fights on the card. What do you see, Tom? Yeah, I, so there's two things to look at. One, as a fight fan, I love this card. I think there's a lot of people who are in spots where they need wins, uh, and so a lot of times that leads to very entertaining fights. The betting angle, uh, I think you have more than last week. Last week was a real tough uh, for betting dogs, but I think you can find some here. Um, I think the Emmett Burgos fight is kind of a toss-up. Um, looks like they have it that way as well. But I like Lyman good. You're, you're getting plus money for him. Um, and like you said, he's got a really good chance of ending that fight early. I love Tisha Torres being a plus 160. Um, I mean, she just wins fights, and she's a tough out. Um, Brianna Van Buren, she's another one of these young up-and-comers. She's getting her chance to step up in class. She's 9-2. and two. She's on a six-fight win streak, but you know I'm going to guess she's only 1-0 in the UFC, and she has not fought anyone like Tisha Torres yet, who's fought everybody. Um, she's 10-5. and five. Uh, So, I mean, to get somebody with that experience at plus 160 is really nice. Yeah, so uh, my favorite pick on the card, I think it's – Comes in a fight with three guys, or two three guys, guys. <laughs> two guys with three straight losses oh, yeah. coming into the fight. Oscar Pichota against Mark Andre Barrio. Um, Mark Andre Barrio has, has lost three straight decisions, um, but he has some punching power. Pichota has been knocked out a couple of times. He, he was actually he was submitted twice and knocked out once. Um, Barrio's not getting finished. He's just losing decisions. Yeah. To me, I think Barrio's going to come in and try and uh, cement his place in the organization. And he's a he's a slight underdog at plus one hundred six. And I think he's a much much bigger risk um, to finish the fight than Pichota is. 
So for me, give me the guy that's going to come in super aggressive and trying to get the finish here um, and with Barrio at plus 106. Yeah, and it's a night if you want to play some of the uh, old dogs, if you will. Jim Miller's plus 190. Clay Guida, BetUS has him at plus 200. I think you said you just saw him at plus 180. I mean, these yeah. are these are guys who know how to win um, and have proven it time and time again. They can win fights. They can win fights by stoppage. They can win fights by decision. Clay um, Guida's plus 198, and he's going to just try and avoid – striking exchanges not really avoid he doesn't avoid anything but he'll try and take this to the ground and grind yeah. out a victory and if you don't think that bobby green can get the finish on him uh guida's going to be coming at him constantly yeah. and and there's a chance that he could win a decision in this fight at plus one 198 so that's another value play here absolutely um and jim miller is amazing at catching submissions we we're just talking about it he's 17 wins by submission in his career uh that's a lot so you know, you take somebody who's only in their 12th fight against Miller, who this will be his 46th pro fight. Um, you know, he may be able to catch him in something, and that that's all he needs um, is just one chance to get a, grab an arm, grab a neck, and uh, you know. So pick pick which one of those guys you like because there's really some good uh, some good value with Torres, Guida, Miller, these veterans who have been around and are here to spoil somebody's party. Yeah. And in the main event, you've got Alex Volkov is, is fighting against a guy who probably outclasses him. He appears to be like one of the top two or three fighters, except he's been knocked out by uh, yeah. Francis Ngannou t- twice, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so Volka- Volkov has uh, – he beat Roy Nelson by decision. Yep. He TKO'd Stefan Struve. He knocked out Fabricio Verdum. And he won a decision over Greg Hardy. Yeah, and that Greg Hardy fight was the most recent, and it yeah. wasn't anything special. That fight was, was right. lackluster. And in there, Derek Lewis knocked him out as well. Yep. So, you know, I'm not sure that there's a play to be made on Volkov, but, you know, he is a guy that's 4-1 and one or 5-1 and one in the UFC somewhere in there. Yeah. So he's 21 knockouts. It's not like he can't hit. Right. Exactly. So this is somebody that can fight a little bit. He's 31 and seven. He's got seven career losses. You know, he lost a decision to check Congo back in 2015. Um, nothing to be ashamed of there. Um, but still it's, I, I don't think this is a situation where you can completely discount him. Sure. But I think that Curtis blades has what it takes to get the finish here. And mm-hmm. I'll be looking to play like a, a you know first round finish or second round finish yeah, by th- blades. Yeah, I think the betting angle is tough because of the the money line they have it at. But for something like DraftKings, Curtis Blades is such a great play here. Oh yeah. Um, the you know he has to Volkov has to stand in front of him for five rounds. The odds of Blades catching him and hurting him are really high at, at some point in that. So yeah, five five rounds worth of Curtis Blades swinging those elbows at you is kind of scary. <laughs> yeah, it's so. not fun. Um, Blades is minus three seventy in this fight. So. Yeah. Um, I don't. I don't really have any other opinions that stand out a ton to me on this card, Tom. I mean, some of the some of the undercards not not super exciting, but uh, there's the big card. What on July 11th? Yeah, I, I'm so excited about that already, and it's still almost a month away. So you know, there's a lot of fun stuff coming up in the UFC as well. Yep, there's another another fight night next week as well, um, which will be the only one between now. They take the the weekend of the fourth off traditionally. Yep. Um, but you know, we'll be able to see and talk. We'll talk about that next week. But a couple good fights on that card as well. So that'll be a fun one. Oh yeah, Holloway Volkanovski. Yeah. Uh, oh, that's that's on the 11th. I'm sorry, yeah. that's on the 11th. No, the 27th we got Hooker and Poirier. Yeah. Uh, Mickey Gall and Platinum Mike Perry. Platinum Mike Perry and Mickey Gall. If you guys 
want some homework before your next uh, the next podcast, look go to Twitter and look up the things Mike Perry's been saying about Mickey Gall. Yeah, <laughs> uh, he's he's not very happy that they've put him in front of him. So yeah, uh, we'll we'll see how that translates to the cage. But there's some pretty colorful tweets in there. Uh, don't let your children see. Right. <laughs> All right, guys. Um, that's gonna be it for the week, right, Tom? Absolutely. We'll see you next week. All right. Have a good one, guys. Bye.